welcome to the first episode of the Leftist Film Analysis Podcast. That'll be what we're calling it for now. We may or may not come up with a better name, and we'll let you know. Uh, we're just trying to avoid getting sued. Right. Because everything we came up with first was definitely going to get us sued. But it was really good. But, um, all right, let's introduce ourselves. All right, well, I'm Mitchell. And I am Mike, and we are a couple of political nerds and movie nerds alike, and so we thought we'd combine the two and see what we could extract from films uh, from a political standpoint, specifically from a leftist political standpoint. Uh, you don't have to be a leftist to, to, to enjoy the podcast, I don't believe, but... Uh, we want to be upfront about the fact that that's where we are politically, and uh, we're going to embrace that and uh, and see what we can get out of some of these films uh, that may have political messages or undercurrents or, or tones in uh, some way. Yeah, it's just it's just fun to to uh, I mean not only watch them but but see what what uh. Uh, directors and and actors are are trying to to squeeze in there and 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 get some little message across, and it, it it's always fun to to uh, try and dissect them from uh, from watching them. Right, and we're not gonna, you know, it's art, so it's it's very much subjective and open to interpretation, and we're not going to uh, at any point try and tell you what the filmmakers wanted to to have come through or um, what impact they wanted for it to have. Uh, we will be quoting some of these filmmakers uh, because we want to convey it honestly and uh, we want you to hear it from, from them as well. Um, other than that, we're just going to be kind of uh, having discussions about the political nature of, of these films, uh, current films and past films. Uh, we're not going to, again, we're not going to tell you what they're about. Uh, we're just going to tell you what we, what messages we found, what may have uh, jumped out at us. And uh, I think we're going to start today with a couple of uh, Oscar winning films. Uh, it's, of course, just after Oscar season, and it was a political year for a lot of reasons, there are a lot of issues out there that people are concerned about, and rightfully so, and uh, there are a lot of political messages in these films, at least from our perspective. Yeah. Um, so, we are going to start with a couple of films uh, from the Oscars this year, uh, made in 2017, but if there are other films that anyone would like us to review, or if you have your own comments on these films, please feel free to email us at leftistfilmpodcast at gmail.com, and we would love to have the conversation. Uh, Absolutely. Anything else? I think that's it, man. I think we should go ahead and dive on into them. All right, here we go. We're going to start with... Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri, made in 2017, written and directed by Martin McDonough. 
uh, starring Francis McDormand, Woody Harrelson, and Sam Rockwell. Uh, the film was recognized at the Oscars uh, for its acting. Uh, Francis McDormand won Best Actress for her performance, and Sam Rockwell won Best Supporting Actor for his performance. Um, both very good performances and um, very worthy of the recognition that they received. Uh, I'm going to tell you a little bit about the film. Um, I'm going to, to give you a little overview of the plot uh, according to IMDb. After months have passed without a culprit in her daughter's murder case, Mildred Hayes, uh, played by Academy Award winner Frances McDormand, makes a bold move, painting three signs leading into her town with a controversial message directed at William Willoughby, played by Academy Award nominee Woody Harrelson, the town's revered chief of police. Uh, when his second-in-command, Officer Dixon, played by Academy Award winner Sam Rockwell, uh, an immature mother's boy with a penchant for violence gets involved, the battle between Mildred and Ebbing's law enforcement is only exacerbated. And that is, again, the plot according to IMDb. So, let's start out. Tell me what you, what you thought of the film overall. I thought it was solid. Um, I, I don't know if it uh, really earned the, uh, the praise that, that so many gave it. Um, the, the first time we watched it... Um, was was definitely um i'm i'm glad that we ended up watching it twice because yeah. the the first time was uh we we have a, a rating system of like out of out of uh out of 10 uh at first it was probably like a four or a five for me because <laughs> i just i i everything um was was so coincidental and that still carries over into the second viewing it does but the the first one was it it just didn't do anything for me and I didn't understand um all of the all of the praise that it was getting but upon the second viewing it um it it really shaped it better for me um I thought the performances were um a lot better and uh it it still carried over with with the uh with the coincidences and it, it was mm -hmm. just um too many things happened in succession that that was uh right just too too written you could tell it was it, it suffered from from a little bit of bad writing in in my opinion it, yeah and it you know it's a good story um as far as the writing is concerned sure. but some critiques that i had after the first viewing, um, and this is, you know, spoiler alert, that we're going to talk about a lot of things that happen in the film. So, just putting that out there. Uh, in Willoughby's uh, letter that he writes to uh, Francis McDormand's character after he commits suicide... He says that this case could be solved by way of uh, something to the effect of, you know, 
somebody overhears somebody else bragging about the crime in a bar. Um, <laughs> and that's paraphrased. But uh, And then, you know, later on in the film, that actually happens. That occurs. Um, or so we think for the time being. But uh, Officer Dixon, played by Sam Rockwell, is sitting in a booth next to a couple of guys bragging about a crime that is very familiar. It, it, it fits um, much of what this other crime, much of the details and things. Uh, so that, that, you know, is just one example of a really kind of coincidental occurrence in a film. And it, di it did not seem all that natural. Uh, but I get it. Uh, you know, it's, it's uh, the point was made. Um, and I thought overall it was a good film. Uh, I liked it a lot better on the second viewing, of course, uh, as Mitchell said. I didn't know what to expect going into the theater the first time. I think that had a lot to do with it. I really yeah. wanted to love it. I had really, really high expectations. And it was just a lot different than I thought it would be. And, you know, so there's some bias there as well. And, uh... But I, you know, I thought it was a good film. Um, I like it a lot better on the second viewing because I knew a little more of what to expect. Some of the things that happen in the film, such as uh, Willoughby's suicide, um, are really kind of jarring, and um, that's yeah. Just... It, it 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 it's not a it's not a movie to to expect a lot of happiness from. No, and I mean we didn't necessarily expect that going in, but uh, you know it's. It's a drama, but it's uh, it can get very bleak at points, and uh, maybe what you want to happen doesn't always happen. And um, I think everybody in Ebbing, Missouri, um, or at least the, the the main characters are 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 probably all shitty people. Yeah, I think a lot of them. I mean, except for Peter Dinklage's character right i can't seem to remember his name at the moment in the yeah i don't remember his character's name in the film but he was really good and uh he, he didn't have to hold that ladder for her <laughs> no no he did not have to show up and hold that ladder for her um so let's dig in a little bit here uh overall good film um i think on a on a on a scale of one to ten i'd uh I think a seven point five for for me would would be fair. Agreed. I I would probably have given it a six or a six and a half on the first viewing. Uh, I think that went up a full point. Uh, I would give that a seven and a half as well. Yeah, I think that's seven point five fair. now. And and I you know I'm very sympathetic to 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 people who loved it and would give it more than that. I understand sure. that. Um, that's fine. And I understand it much more after the second viewing, and certainly based on the performances. And uh, and it was a it was a you know it was a nice looking film. You know, yeah, there were, yeah, there were a lot of very well shot. Um, so, and there were you know there were there was good writing too, sure. along with the uh, some of the things that were a little bit coincidental. And, um, but anyways, all right, uh, let's dig in um, to some of the more political things in the film obviously um it's kind of a political film 
anyways, it's hard to separate the politics from this one, yeah. really. Um, uh, it seems. Um, it is a, 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 a mother and a woman who is um, a single mother raising uh, her son, her teenage son, and dealing with the death of her teenage daughter. Who uh, who was raped and killed, um, and so there there's there's a lot going on there. Um, it's all it also takes place in a kind of a what we have to assume is a small town. Yeah. I believe Ebbing, Missouri is a is a fictional place, right? Um, I, I, I never honestly looked it up to I, see. I I I've, I've heard that it's a fictional place. Okay. So, well, that's, um, that's news to me. That's an yeah. interesting little tidbit. So, uh, you know, it's interesting the way that someone who is Martin McDonough is British. And, you know, it's interesting to see the way that he views kind of that a small Midwestern, almost Southern in some ways yeah. Yeah. Uh, town. And, uh, you know, we're from Tennessee, full disclosure here. So we kind of know what it's uh, what those towns look like we've uh, we've been through them uh, and, and, and lived in them some as well but um, it's very interesting to see the depiction of these these places um, and there is a lot of bigotry um, a lot of racism and that I think falls pretty squarely uh, upon uh, Sam Rockwell's character, Officer Dixon. Terribly. <laughs> yeah, he uh, he's not a good guy at the beginning no. of this film. I'm not sure he's a good guy at the end of the film, but some say he's redeemed himself to an extent. We'll get into that a little bit later. Um, but, you know, it really highlights bigotry and racism in the U.S. Um, Absolutely. In I these mean, areas. Go uh, ahead. Mildred, like, when, when the, the news folks came out to her house to, to interview her, like one of the first things she says when 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 the officers are not torturing black people, right? Um, they're also not getting anything else done, or whatever it was. Mm -hmm. uh, to I, paraphrase, yeah. yeah. Um, she and alludes then, to it. Um, Red, the the owner of the company that uh, does the billboards, yeah, leases uh, it out. He he. Uh, says something about uh, specifically to Dixon about um, torturing black people. Um, so yeah, Dixon's got a reputation. He yeah he does. Unfortunately, uh, he he seems to have a habit for it. Right, and uh, I don't know if that was kind of conditioned into him at some. Well, if you look the, at his mom. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was getting to. Is his is is his mom? You know, he's he's a mama's boy. And, yeah. Um, there's nothing wrong with that uh, unless your <laughs> unless your mom is uh, a big old racist and she kind of seems to yeah, be. Yeah, so she that's, she just oozed it basically. Yeah. So so she was not. Uh, she, you know, he 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 had it from the start. You know, um, those ideas I guess were kind of just conditioned in, like yeah, you said. I guess so. Um, and. It, 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 they were very obvious. He, he wore them on his sleeve, um, and it's also not only personally, but the fact that in some of these areas uh, in the U.S., 
those kinds of beliefs um, and ideas, however apparent on the surface, are not really rooted out. Uh, and and that, that really doesn't always disqualify you from uh, serving in the police force or, no. or in, in some of these places. And so that's concerning as well. And, and, and I think the film does a lot to highlight that, that, you know, everybody in town seems to know that Officer Dixon has a, a, uh, a certain penchant for, um, yeah, for this. Um, uh, not to, to interrupt you, go, go uh, for it. Uh, but, but Willoughby even said, if you got rid of all the races, there'd only be three cops left. Did he? Yeah. I don't even remember that. Yeah. But that, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, he sure did. So, you know, you, you see right now this is a time in the U.S., and and it's not just right now, but it, it, it is kind of coming to a head right now, and um, it's a, there's, a, there's a lot uh, of issues involving uh, racism and bigotry in the police forces across the U.S. right now. And, um, and this does a, a great job at highlighting that and you know like I said placing that on the shoulders of a character that you know is almost himself shows uh, kind of seems to be burdened by it you know yeah. um, so uh, it, it's very in interesting as well that 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 institution is um, not effectively in the film and uh, in in current affairs they are not effectively an, as an institution rooting out uh, racism and bigotry and these things and real quick while we're on the topic uh, an example of the police force not actively weeding out uh, these kinds of behaviors and in fact uh, using them to some sort of other end um, or agenda is um, in California there uh, there was an instance of uh, police actually working with uh, neo-nazi groups to identify counter protesters to those groups um, specifically there's an article uh, published by the Guardian um, by Sam Levin in San Francisco. It's uh, the article's titled "California Police Worked with Neo Nazis to Pursue Anti-Racist Activist Documents Show." Uh, and just to read it, just a little snippet of that: uh, California police investigating a violent white nationalist event worked with white supremacists in an effort to identify counter protesters and sought the prosecution of activists with quote, anti-racist beliefs, court documents show. I don't want to veer too far into a into a, a personal rant or anything, but... It's a political podcast, so... Um, uh, yeah, I know. Um, but, I mean, we're mainly here to, to, to uh, analyze films from a political perspective, not not rant, but, man, that's just... That, that's so enraging and, mm -hmm. and just absolutely disgusting and I don't I don't know why we're at a point in time where where cops are working with fucking Nazis to, yeah. to it's uh, disconcerting as hell man because it's you know especially with with you know public funding and, 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 and things like that 
going towards a resource where uh, that that is an institution meant to, or at least um, supposedly meant to uh, serve and protect, right, the yeah. public and the the community and public interests, and uh, that is not what's occurring there, and it's a shame. Yeah, Nazis are are the, the last people that are wanting to protect. Right, <laughs> fuck them. Other than other than white people. Um, and yeah, fuck Nazis. Fuck and, Nazis, uh, yeah, for sure. And if you're a, if you don't like it, if you if you're a Nazi, uh, you're in the wrong fucking place. Don't know, <laughs> don't know how you got this far into the podcast. Um, anyways, uh, yeah, it's an institutional failure. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Along, along many lines, and uh, it's not new, um, but it has to be dealt with. But anyways, uh, the 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 film does a, a really good job of. Of highlighting those behaviors and ideas and things, and um, kind of putting them under a microscope and exposing them for what they are, uh, which is baseless uh, bullshit. So, uh, Officer Dixon has a tough time throughout the movie, uh, but he does he does end up uh, some would say somewhat redeemed. He goes through a lot of shit, and um, he ends up being the guy overhearing the conversation about uh, what he thinks is this crime committed um, against Mildred Hayes' daughter. And uh, he picks a fight with the guy, and he scratches or claws at his face, in order to get some DNA under his under his fingernails, um, so that he can test that against what was recovered from the crime scene originally, uh, the Hayes case uh, right. crime scene, and um, and so there is an effort to I guess do the right thing there, but you know this is after it's worth mentioning this is after. Um, he throws Red <laughs> yeah, yeah. out of a second story window um, for, for allowing the billboards to be up and after uh, this is kind of in a fit of rage uh, it was after, after Willoughby it was Kevin. after Willoughby's suicide right uh, and you know you have to understand the emotions there sure that was his you know, he looked up to Willoughby. That was his, I guess, best friend, um, mentor, all of those things. And he saw Red allowing those billboards to be up as um, as causing uh, or or contributing to Willoughby's suicide, uh, which was not the case. Willoughby stated in the letter yeah. written to Mildred Hayes, but uh, Officer Dixon didn't know that, and he walked from the ebbing police station across the street um, to to the uh, the business that, that leases out the billboards and and he beat the shit out of Red and punched a woman in the face yeah uh, on his way out punched her right in the face and and threw Red out of the uh, the window and so that's it's pretty hard to come back from that. Yeah, that's. that's I'm that's not a, sure that you're not irredeemable after that. But um, 
but nonetheless, uh, I would believe that that's from a, a a liberal mindset. Like, oh, he's racist and he threw somebody out, but he's helping the. Yeah, he ends up helping. Right, and there, you know, at this point, maybe we should make the distinction of leftists and liberals. They're, sure, they're not always or even often, depending on who you're you're talking to, uh, in the same camp. Um, liberals can be very moderate on a lot of issues that leftists uh, think more action is is needed on. Um, I guess it's a very simple way of putting it. Yeah. Um, but we consider ourselves to be to be leftists, um, and we won't, I guess, take too much time to define that. Sure. But there, but there is a distinction between liberals and leftists uh, in a lot of circles. Um, so when, when mentioning a liberal mindset, it's not necessarily a good thing. Um, it is, uh, it, it can, it can be a, you know, looked at as, as very much a moderate or a, uh, a short-sighted approach. And yeah, so, they, they, they still end up allowing a little bit too much. To, right. And to so, you know, that's, that's kind of, you know, at the end of the film, you want to say, oh, you know, he did the right thing and but I mean, it, it ultimately didn't lead to really anything. And yeah. uh, another spoiler here: it, it came up that 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 DNA did not match the the DNA from the original. And it seemed like they were still gonna go kill the guy. <sighs> what do you mean? Because um, they they uh, the the ending conversation. I mean, they they loaded that shotgun in the mm. in, in the back of the uh, the car. Yeah. And uh, I mean, they they did discuss. Uh, in the closing scene or whatever, they are, are we really going to go kill this guy? Yeah. And, um, they were like, well, we'll just see when, when we get there. Yeah. Um, a lot of loose cannons in the film. Yeah. You know, it's like just, even, even Mildred herself, uh, as much as I support her actions, uh, she doesn't, uh, she doesn't take any shit. She goes for it. Um, yeah. She, I think even her son at some point, uh, in the film, kind of questions that, and and would rather her think things through a little bit more. Um, like she got out of um, when one of the mornings she was dropping yeah. the, the sun off. <laughs> she cool. uh, she got out because somebody threw a, a drink on her car, and and she got out and kicked like three students in the crotch. Yeah, um, and this Just, was before she she bombed the uh, the police station. Right. Yeah, um, and 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 that. Sorry to interrupt. No, go ahead. And and that, um, her bombing the police station though was, uh, if I remember correctly, in retaliation to the billboards being set on fire. Yeah, because I think we were led to believe, and, and she believed, uh, Dixon was the one to right, to Officer set Dixon. Them. Um, so in her belief, uh or what we'll assume was her belief that Officer Dixon uh, was the culprit in, in burning her billboards um, and destroying them, she went into town and... Uh, Participated in some illegalism. That's right. Um, and and some, some super direct action <laughs> uh, that we are not soliciting any kind of opinion on, but... Uh, that is what she did. She went in and she 
blew up the police station. Yeah, and ended uh, up burning half of, of Officer Dixon's face off. Right, because he happened to be uh, picking up some of the things that he uh, had at the station because he was fired. Uh, we should have mentioned that. Yeah, yeah, he, he did get fired, which for, was good to see. Right, for, for throwing Red out of the window. I believe um, it was also uh, a letter from from Willoughby that he was reading, wasn't it? That that sounds right. I think so. Um, and he had his his earbuds in. Yeah, that's why he didn't I'm, know. It it it. That's also like another one of those those coincidences that that really uh, bothered me. Uh, if if we can go back to to critiquing the film for just a second, how do you not fucking know a building's <laughs> on fire? Well, and just the fact that he was there. Um, at that moment that she decided to, to take that kind of action yeah. was, um, you know, that's a little bit coincidental. Sure. Um, and, 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 of course, yeah, how do you not know that the, that the damn Even thing? with earbuds in, I mean, surely. Yeah, I mean, I've never experienced it, so, that, you know. That first but, explosion from a fucking Molotov cocktail should. It was probably loud. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, those must be some really good earbuds. Yeah, yeah, noise canceling and all. Right. <laughs> um. So. Uh. Anyways, yeah, he uh. He ended up saving the case file. Uh, for for the the Hayes case file, uh, from being destroyed from the fire, and this also. Uh, Makes him a little bit redeemable in in the eyes of some, uh, and I'm, I understand that. Uh, sure, it was uh, it was a little bit of a turning point for Officer Dixon, um, which is uh, that's an important thing to note uh, that he did have uh, he did uh, maybe work to redeem himself to an extent. Yeah. Um, again, we'll we'll kind of get back to that at the end of the podcast and, and uh, decide if he really did. So let's focus here on uh, Mildred Hayes' character a little more. We've talked enough about Officer Dixon, um, and we will talk a little bit more about him, but uh, let's focus on on Mildred Hayes as she is kind of the, the main character, and it's really centered around her, um, and she's... She's uh, a badass lady. Yeah, yeah. Don't don't piss her off. Absolutely not. For sure. Um, she will she will bomb your place your of establishment yeah. or kick you in the crotch or. Yeah. Um, one or, of my favorite put up some billboards. Yeah. Just, just talking some shit. Yeah. yeah. She she's not the lady to mess with. Uh, one of my favorite scenes with with Mildred was she was out. Um, doing some gardening um, and the, the billboards were all in the background and then suddenly a a, uh, a doe appeared and um, I just I just thought that scene was was really good she, yeah she goes she, on to have a have a, a conversation with with the doe it was it was a one-way conversation but because uh, does can't talk <laughs> uh, but uh, she uh, she was like, 
you're not trying to get me to to believe in in reincarnation, are you? Because right. you're pretty, but but you ain't her. You and ain't her. Yeah. I thought that was uh, it was good writing and and superb acting on on the part of uh, Francis McDormand. I, I thought mm-hmm. that was that's that's probably one of my favorite scenes of right. if not the most favorite scene for me, because it's relatable in a way. Yeah, I think that's the scene that they showed during the Oscars. When they yeah, when they yeah. announced her as the nominee, uh, so I think that's a popular scene. I think people felt yeah, sure. felt a lot for that scene. Um, I think you know maybe uh, she felt limited by her abilities to pressure the police force uh, to continue to further their efforts yeah, on this that's issue. A, that's so, really important. Um, maybe she felt a little bit removed from it, or. Um, you know, she certainly felt that they had not done their due diligence. Yeah, uh, I thought her desperation came across uh, really well when, uh, particularly when she was having the conversation with Willoughby about uh, doing implementing all these like different procedures. Right. And, uh, which is basically a, a, a it's a total violation of right, <laughs> civil and he rights. Said that, and Willoughby <laughs> said that you know th- that that we can't do that. That's definitely a violation of civil rights. Um, but um, because she 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 proposed something along the lines of um, taking DNA from yeah, every basically man taking and boy blood. in yeah. town or in the area and just you know for and then no she reason. even zoomed out further by saying like just as soon as as soon as a male is born right <laughs> just take blood uh, and have it on access or and there are a lot of things that's, against that yeah you know that that's a bad idea yeah you, you can't i understand her that. desperation but uh and that i think that's ultimately what it was trying to get across like mm-hmm. she she was just so frazzled and 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 at the well she didn't yeah i mean she gave a shit about her situation and her daughter's case and that's not uh i don't mean to make it sound that she was being selfish or self-centered about it she was just feeling it, you know, yeah, and yeah, she no, was like, I, I don't she, blame her at all. she wanted some fucking answers. Um, so, um, I think she felt maybe limited by that and, 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 um, or, or maybe that she just wasn't being heard totally, um, by the, by the local police and she, uh, she put the fucking billboards up. So yep. she did something about it and she started that conversation all across town um, it's worth noting that um, in the there's a scene where she's getting dental work. Oh done, God! <laughs> and uh, and it's a hard scene to watch, but uh, to describe it, 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 she's getting dental work done. She's in the in the chair, uh, laid back, and um, the dentist says something to the effect of uh, you know Willoughby's got a lot of friends in this town or, or something like that mm-hmm. um, uh, or how he's a good guy and you know something alluding to the fact that, that he is siding with Willoughby yeah. on this and billboard she, he, situation um, he, he doesn't numb her he, he like starts to, to drill on her teeth oh, yeah. without any yeah. novocaine and 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 he yeah he's doing this with a little drill in his hands and uh, and 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 what comes next is hard to watch but uh, yeah. she she wrestles the 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 drill down uh, on top of his 
hand and, and drills through uh, his fingernail into his finger uh, and there's there's it's it's pretty nasty yeah it, it'll it'll take the the spunk right out of you cause it's, it, yeah, it's, it's just I don't know why I said spunk but I'm not sure uh, oh well that's okay <laughs> uh, but yeah it's it's hard to watch yeah and it for shows sure. it shows to me uh, at least that you know in these in these areas these little towns all these businesses and this police force and everything they're they're interconnected in a way that works often for the establishment's yeah. sake uh, establishments being the businesses and the police force and the yep. things that uh, you know quote unquote keep the town going and the economy and these things that that people place above all else and above um, a lot of needs and rights a lot of the time uh, but they work together in a lot of ways especially in these kinds of areas I think and um, just like we talked about in, in California which is uh, obviously not even this small midwestern town it, it happens right, yeah, yeah. especially when it's interconnected with the economy of a, right. of an, of a town like that um, business owners and police force uh, often work hand in hand and it often doesn't benefit the um, you know Maybe the single mother looking for answers of this yeah. crime, you know. Uh, so I think, you know, I, I'm not sure how much of that was meant to come across, but it, I got, I got some of that, you know, coming across in that. Absolutely, yeah. That scene, how they're interconnected, and um, how she was kind of up against it, you know. She had odds to uh, that weren't in her favor in the community, and even the uh, uh, religion ties into it as well, because, um, you know. The the um, religious figure of the town stops by. Yeah, sits yeah, at the, the kitchen table and pastor. Um, and yeah, and I and I don't want to condemn any any religious beliefs or anything, but uh, it shows that again in a town, religion also along with uh, in all shapes and forms. Yeah, it, uh, it's it's still uh, every, every aspect of a even a even a, a small town is is a. Everything has its influence. Uh, yeah, the police, the small business, uh, and and the re religion. Yeah, that's they, a good point. I, I didn't and they were all working kind of in concert against her interests, unfortunately, in this in this scenario. So, that's that's worth noting. Um, but uh, it's also worth noting the financial aspect, the economic aspect, uh, like we talked about. Yeah. Um, these businesses uh, being important to the community and such, but also. Uh, her financial situation, she was uh, multiple times. She was kind of strapped for cash, and, and 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 was a little bit concerned about paying for these billboards. And uh, at one point, Willoughby uh, threatened to influence the small business that she worked at, and said that at the shop where she worked, her uh, her hours could be cut. And that could limit her income to pay for these billboards, and so yeah. he was going to use his authority uh, or his, you know, power oh, or yeah, whatever um, in this town to go and and leverage that against this business to cut her hours, which is um, not really in the in the interest of that business, no. really. But it's it's definitely um, cutting down. 
but the milk, the, the, milk yeah, the, the business would would uh wouldn't be on the side of, of Mildred though. It would it would be on um, because if it did begin to affect the, the small business, they'd be like, Well Mildred, you need to get your shit together and yeah. stop all this. Yeah. They'd be like need to take those fucking billboards down because this isn't good for our yeah, community or which whatever. Is, but, it, but you know it's not good for the community is like these unsolved crimes and yeah. these, these crimes happening in the first place. And, and then so you have to go back and sorry. Oh uh, no, you're fine. Um, uh, limiting free speech. It, it, it's it's, a, it's yeah. a huge thing of, of a, that that's a I think that's a massive undertone of yeah trying absolutely to, trying to limit free speech and. Uh, because I mean, she did everything uh, by the book to yeah. to put those billboards up, and um, the the small business owners, the the, the religious people, and and, well, uh, and and the cops were all like, "No, you shouldn't do this." And right, and it shows that when economic interests uh, are at play, the police force and the capitalists and businesses, you know, uh, religious, some religious affiliations, uh, will, will all work in the interest of maintaining, maintaining that, that status quo. And, um, and, and even at the expense of her speech or, you know, something that's supposed to be championed by, uh, many of these groups, you know, in a lot of ways, uh, because I guess the point is that free speech does not always apply to everybody equally, unfortunately. Yeah, uh, no. And um, and 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 what Willoughby was threatening was to um, limit her ability to express herself yep. freely in this way because it was inconvenient for him and because he was in power and had pull. Uh, with these businesses and, and religious figures and, and such, um, you know, that was going to work against her, and, and, and they were going to get their way, and that is uh, that is a real issue because, um, you know, everybody likes to talk about free speech, but um, it's not always. It's really important to know that it's not always as accessible a resource for for certain people in situations, uh, especially in oppressed or minority groups. Um, or people like Mildred Hayes, you know, facing an uphill battle. Sure. So that's something that, that really stuck out to me and, and, and really bothered me about mm-hmm. some of those things was that, you know, these are um, y- American institutions like the police force that it are, are trying to, that are operating here and, and uh, threatening to limit something that is constitutionally protected. Yeah. Um, that's very scary. But... Uh, moving on, uh, the you know all of these things lead her to feeling as though she had to take drastic action, uh, like burning down the police station, uh, which is, you know, of course, extreme measures, highly illegal, um, and not not necessarily to be condoned. Uh, but it, you know, I don't think the film is condoning it as much as it is showing again that desperation for to to, to be heard, and. Um, yeah, I, 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 I think it was was coincidental that he was, um, that that Officer Dixon was in the building at the time. But but it shows like um, if if it was 
if if he was willing to sac if the uh, Martin McDonough was willing to sacrifice the the uh, uh, convenience of of him being there to to show that that uh, uh, it's su- such a, a such an individualistic uh, action uh, does indeed have consequences because mm. there there's there's a uh, not to to view too far or uh, critique uh, anarchism but but a lot of anarchists um, do believe in in uh, uh, bombing uh, police stations and, and cop cars and and I think uh, that's a that could be a subtle critique of, of, of how individualistic it is and yeah egoist and individualist kind of mentalities uh, even on the left in maybe anarchist circles and uh, this is not a condemnation of anarchism no because certainly we are not. A, a leftist podcast in, in uh, many different ways and we represent and support many different facets of the left but um, it could have been a critique on sure. some of that individual direct action and uh, the consequences, right or wrong, good or bad, uh, that it can have. Good point. All right, well, we've covered a lot. Uh, there's a lot in this film to go over. There's plenty of material here. Oh, yeah. Um, I, I really want to get to, uh, be- between our two opinions, uh, whether or not, to, did, you, did you think that, that Dixon uh, ended up redeeming himself? Well, and that's really tough because, again, he starts out as such an unlikable guy. Uh, I don't think that he, I don't think that he's fully redeemable uh, or fully redeemed. I guess uh, by the end of the film, I think he's still on track to make some bad decisions. I think he's still got some. Uh, some really bad ideas about the way the world works and uh, but I do think that maybe it it, 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 if anything it showed uh, the film was able to show that there are qualities you know you're you're not you're not born a racist you're not you know you're not uh, maybe that's dependent upon some sort of specific uh, philosophical ideology or something, but I I feel pretty confident in saying that. And and it's you know the society in which that you know in the conditions in which that he was raised um, that had all this shit just beat into him. Yeah. And then uh, he went out and was given a badge and gun, and, and unfortunately that happens. Um, and he was able to put it into action, and that's. Um, whether or not, you know, from maybe from like a deterministic point of view, whether or not he can really 100% be held accountable for, uh, he can be held accountable for the actions and should. Sure. And he should have been held more accountable than, than probably than just being fired. Yeah, he, because I he, mean, he tried to fucking kill a dude, basically. Yeah, that's attempted murder. Like, um, throwing somebody out of a fucking window is, yeah, that's so, a lot. Right. So, um, but I, I do think it's important that that it showed that if anything is to be redeemed, it's that you know you do have some sort of choice there, sure. and 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 that's tough too because again he was conditioned into this, I guess mm-hmm. we're saying, um, 
but and, and and a lot of that was kind of determined for him maybe but uh, due to a better understanding and, and maybe different conditions uh, maybe he could make a turnaround maybe a full turnaround I don't know sure because because uh, a lot of people start off on the on the wrong foot um, not every leftist out there is is uh, started out a leftist no. um, and, and we live in the south too and I don't want to like make t- too too broad a condemnation of, of, of you know the American South but uh, there are a lot of we're more conditioned to it than, yeah, than, than there's, others. There's just a lot of racial undercurrents sure. and things um, around here and and in the U.S. in general uh, and in a lot of other places, I'm sure. But but we uh, we did grow up experiencing a lot of those kinds of uh, a lot of that 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 conditioning, maybe. Absolutely. Um, and so there are a lot of. A lot of things there to analyze, and yeah. probably more than we can really get into in an hour or, yeah. or whatever. But, but it, you know, it, hopefully the film was thought provoking in a lot of those ways. And if we can do nothing else but sit here and bullshit on a, on a podcast about what we thought, and maybe bring up some of those things, um, that's cool with me. You know. Yeah. While there is like a little bit of a character turnaround for him, uh, they. They are contemplating, like, at the end of the film, like, going and killing somebody yeah. rather than letting uh, – what naturally should happen is, is uh, if, if he did commit this crime and, and wasn't just uh, bragging to, to, uh, to a friend in a bar, this, this fella who uh, Dixon thought could have been the suspect that, that raped and killed uh, Mildred's daughter um, – then, then the the best way to probably let that play out is is uh, cross examine some some evidence that that uh, of the the lady that that he supposedly raped or whatever, um, and and the DNA from from uh, Dixon scratching the shit out of him and and let 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 the law handle that instead of just killing somebody. Yeah, and you know, and that's we. There may be a lot of differences of opinion even on the left in this area too, because we've pointed out the uh, how how ineffective uh, that police force is, especially. So yeah, uh, who knows if they felt that maybe justice wouldn't be done the right way. That's um, true, but it it wasn't it wasn't a different city. So true. So. You know, maybe maybe working to get working together in that sense, law enforcement could have gotten something done. Who's to say? Uh, but um, yeah, I think maybe that's why I think he's on the path to make some bad decisions still. Yeah, but still. Um, but again, you know, it, it, it's uh, it's. I think that's a really interesting part of the film, and I think Officer Dixon plays a really uh, integral part. Uh, in this whole story and, and, and raises a lot of questions. Of course, Mildred Hayes is the, the, the kind of the center of the film uh, and, and Francis McDormand's performance certainly kind of steals the show. Yeah. But there's a lot to be said for other elements of the film and, and I think it's a thought, thought-provoking film, if nothing Absolutely. else. Um, it was not my favorite film of the year, no. 
but it was thought-provoking, and we've, you know, we've spent an hour talking about it. Yeah, so that, it, it that was, means it, something. Yeah, it was, there, was, there was a lot to uh, certainly get into. And speaking of uh, Frances McDormand's performance, we have to acknowledge the, uh, the speech that she gave after winning the, uh, the Oscar for Best Actress. Yeah. Um, where uh, in which she had all of the uh, women there was it the women nominees I think or? yeah all yeah I- any she, woman that was nominated for anything yeah she had them uh, all stand up and uh, and and there were a lot of, of, of women that were that were nominated for a lot of things and it was a, a pretty great thing to see yeah yeah it was a powerful right moment. and uh, so that was really a, a cool thing to see, and I'm glad that she used that moment to, to, to recognize, um, you know, and, and show some kind of solidarity, I guess, and, and recognize uh, women in the industry. Um, and uh, also, she, uh, at the end of her speech, she said, in quote, I have two words to leave you with tonight, ladies and gentlemen, inclusion writer. End quote. Yeah, uh, I had no idea what that was at first. I didn't either. I didn't either. And that may be part of the problem. But, yeah, know, like, absolutely. It, you know, not enough people knew about it. But, I mean, uh, maybe maybe it's kind of an industry thing. or. Um, but anyways, uh, so. Tell uh, us, Mike, what is an inclusion <laughs> writer? According to NPR, uh, there's an article titled, What's an Inclusion Writer? Here's the story behind Frances McDormand's closing words. Uh, so I'm going to give them credit for this, um, for helping us out here. Uh, I, I believe this was by Colin Dwyer of NPR. And uh, here it says, simply put, it's a stipulation that actors and actresses can ask or demand to have inserted into their contracts, which would require a certain level of diversity among a film's cast and crew. Ooh, fist up in solidarity. That's that's good news. So, uh, also in this article, Mir- there is a tweet from Miriam Webster um, that says, "Inclusion is our top search of the night," followed by cinematography, in memoriam, feminism, and writer. Hashtag Oscars. Uh, so again, thought provoking. Yeah, you know, absolutely. Uh, the film and her speech led to people looking up all these things and, and finding ways to define yeah. um, these things that they had heard that were you know that are now really uh, gonna be important to the industry yeah and, and hopefully leads to a, to a, a lot more diversity and, and um, just opening conversation more because uh, not enough people um, we're we're leftist and the and the term totally flew by us right and and you know <laughs> we don't uh, we don't want to claim to know too much of anything about um, any of these uh, these groups when it comes to, to what they experience uh, or, or try to explain uh, or take anything away from any, any kind of um, group like that or, or, or sure. press group or minority, sure. you know, uh, we don't want to mansplain shit no. or whatever, so uh, we're gonna do our best not to not to fuck that up. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, w- when it comes to these things, we're gonna try and, uh, 
give give it to you in their own words because that's you know that's the way they want it to be conveyed um, so anyways um, I have certainly enjoyed the discussion absolutely uh, hopefully our listeners have enjoyed the discussion um, and hopefully you have some thoughts of your own out there um, so please again feel free to shoot us an email at leftistfilmpodcast at gmail.com and and let us know your thoughts and what's going on so yeah please let us know what you're thinking and uh, if there are other films um, that you'd like us to talk about or that you have thoughts on please uh, feel free to to shoot us an email on that as well Uh, check back with us next week for uh, our discussion of The Shape of Water, uh, which won all kinds of awards. Um, Well-deserved. Well-deserved. I thought it was a really good film. It won Best Picture, along with, uh, I believe, Guillermo del Toro got uh, Best Director. Um, And there's a lot in that film to to discuss and discover as well. So um, we are on Blogspot Radio. we're also on, uh, on on iTunes, so please yeah, check us out wherever you leave can. Give us a, a rating to, to help extend our reach. Yeah, because we are brand new, and, and yeah, we, we could are. use all the help we could get. Indeed. Um, again, thanks for thanks for tuning in, and it's been uh, it's been fun. Thanks again, and we will see you next week. Uh, this is Mike. I'm Mitchell, and this has been the uh, Leftist Film analysis podcast uh see you next week all right we're signing off thanks